Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and leading this in-depth investigative journalistic investigation into the cold cases that lurk in the back rooms, in the backyards, in the backs of minds of pet lovers everywhere, tapping into the zeitgeist of podcasts and trying to get a piece of all the true crime action that it seems like everybody wants to listen to these days, it's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I reckon that's, that's a good idea. Maybe there's some crimes against animals or well, something. We've got to get true could, crime. Yeah. That seems to be what everybody wants to try and listen to with podcasts these days. It's the, it's the go-to, isn't it? Well, it just seems like every everything's a true crime. Like, were, were, were there any crimes that were actually solved before podcasts? Maybe not. That's true. Teacher's pet. Who's, that, who is Hamish? Oh, well, well, that's I haven't I haven't started listening to the Who is Hamish, but certainly the Teacher's Pet one because I heard someone talking about this, um, you know, something something pet podcast. I go, holy crap, we're getting some purchase here, <laughs> right? I'm down the shops, right? I'm listening. I go, wow, where would, I got to tell Lewis about this, and I heard him say, oh yeah, Teacher's Pet. What's his Teacher's Pet? And then and and I knew that everybody knows about this Teacher's Pet thing when Christina says to me, hey, have you heard about this yeah, Teacher's Pet podcast? I was yeah. like, well, hang on, if you reach the point where you know about it, right? Everyone's knowing about Everyone it. Everyone knows about this one, hey? Yeah, well, yeah. maybe we could do two. Vets talk pets true crime or something. Have we got? Have some good music. Dun, yeah, bum, bum. we can download some of the music from um from C uh, not CSI uh, case file. No, uh, what's CSI? the yeah? Uh, bah, no. bah, bah, bah. Can't yeah do well, it. well uh, now what's the one where they've got the um uh the Magnum PI? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh man, um not <laughs> NYPD Blue. It's the one where they've got like um lots of different Law and Order. A law and order. Law and order. Oh, yeah. okay. That's one where I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the the. the oh yeah. We could get that going. That'd be alright. Yeah, right. Oh, law and order. Or what's the other one? SVU. There are this few. SVU. New York. Yeah. We don't think we really want special. Melbourne. The the sort of stuff that they cover in the special crimes unit. We probably don't want to be covering in a pets podcast. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Special victims unit. Yeah. No, we don't. Oh, special victims. Special victims unit. Yes. Sounds terrible. What have you been up to this week, mate? So um, we actually went to an escape room um, oh, with, cool. uh, with work this week. So, yeah. um, and it's not, it's not the first time we've been to an escape room with the people from work. And because uh, things have been busy, I haven't actually been able to go with them while uh, they've been going to a few other ones. But we went to one so, on... So you weren't able to escape work to go to the escape room. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I made sure everyone else could escape. And so <laughs> so we had the a clinic thing. And so we had Ash come back because she's on mat leave. And so she yep. came and we had dinner um, in at the clinic. We ordered some Thai, Thai takeaway in. And so we had that. Then we went and did the escape room. And... The escape room was a little bit rubbish, but that's all right. You know? Really? It, yeah. It was, it, was, it was a little bit... Uh, Did we give a shout out? Did they give you a discount at all? No, they didn't give no, us a discount. No, no shout out. So, so it was rubbish. So we don't have to worry about <laughs> shouting it out. Um, now, there was something I was going to say, because we tried doing the intro and completely balls it up. Yep. And um, yeah, and it took me... To, I said, oh yeah, we bugged it. That's right. So in this escape room, so it was a... It had the... The most horrible sort of, um, uh, you know, the the old uh, monkey magic uh, voiceovers and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Much worse than that. Right. It was really, really hard to try and understand what these dudes were trying to say. And there was this one section where 
there was eight different martial arts poses that you had to describe, like four lines describing the pose. Mm. And then there was um, the eight little silhouettes. You couldn't even see all the parts. You could only see the silhouette of it. And you had to pick which one of these eight was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And when you enter it in the wrong one, you go, oh, crap. Okay, we've got to go back and start again. Mm. Sounds a bit onerous, mate. We were banging our heads against that for about 25 minutes. Was it an oriental theme room? Is that what it was or something? Uh, Or a kung fu room? So so it was the black dragon and you had to collect the five magic orbs and go and uh, create the um, uh, poison to then kill Uh, the black dragon and all that sort of stuff. So the, the first half of the room, was spectacular. Yeah, you know, it was great. Like they, uh, um, the attention to detail of the different things was great. The back half of it was oh. really weak. Really, I think really I weak. went to went to one for one of the girls' birthdays. I think it was like uh, maybe a tenth birthday or something. And so it was I was the only adult in there. Right. Yeah. Gee, there's nothing more frustrating, I reckon, than, <laughs> than being you no know, somebody who thinks they can solve everything, but letting children have a go at the puzzles. Oh, and they're just going. And they're all fighting over it and they're running around the room like, what's, over, what's this over here, Dad? What's this over here? Can I'm we like, pull this off? Can yeah, we do yeah, that? That's right. Rip. No. Oh, that was the air conditioning unit you just pulled out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but look, there's a cord behind it. Maybe we've got to pull on the cord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Daddy, that hurt. <laughs> what happens if I lick it? Yeah. <laughs> How about you, mate? What's oh, been happening? Uh, well, this week I had a really interesting case come in. I had a... Uh, a lady bring her cat in for, I think it was just for a vac- general vaccination, her checkup. But she was saying how the cat, she'd actually lost the cat um, a, a while ago. And obviously she had the cat back now. Yeah. But uh, lost the cat a while ago and, um, and you know, put up posters everywhere and, you know, uh, looked for the cat for, for a long time. I think it was pre sort of social media days. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and then they moved house in that time. And then, and they're in the new house. And two years later, yeah, they got a phone call. They're, they're in Port Melbourne. They got a phone call, and uh, and the cat had been found in in St Kilda. Oh wow, really? And yeah. So like, has that two years and only a couple of suburbs? Yeah, right. And it was, yeah. Found, and it was in poor condition. She said, like, yeah, you know, right. And been very looked after. Yeah, probably yeah. been in one of the St Kilda, you know, drug houses or something, just fending for himself. Maybe, maybe he got kicked out of the um the the, the, the Gatwick, the Gatwick, yeah, the, yeah, before the block renovated. You yeah. reckon? Yeah, maybe it's um yeah you know, Scott <laughs> Scott Hams just got in there with a broom and sort of you know, ferreted the poor little cat out. That you know? might have been. I wonder if that was on the show. They're like, get out, cat. And it's well, well, we'll have to have a look. Yeah. Because, you know, you just, imagine that. It's bad enough they kicked all the poor people out of the cat. We're kicking the poor cat K- out Kicking the cat out as well. But the reason I want to bring it up yes. is this. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Scott yeah, Cam and his true, abuse of right. cats. So the um is is the microchip is what got it back to her right? But she hadn't updated her details of, of where she l- moved house to, which yeah, is right. fine. Obviously, she still had the, fi- the the same phone number. Yeah, right. But maybe just a little shout out out there if you've moved house, change phone numbers. Yeah, just give the the microchip people perhaps talk to your vet who can get you in contact with the local microchip uh, company who who runs the databases. Yeah, and make sure you got the latest details on board. So if you do lose your moggy, yes, we'll come back to you. Um, and uh, do you remember a few years ago when they had the the issues with some of the microchips where some of them weren't reading properly. Yes, yes. So, so I had um, uh, so I always say to people, you know, look, at, yeah, let's just scan your chip. And I always got the nurses yes. just to scan the microchip, just to make sure, you know. Yep. So there was a a batch. I reckon it was about five years ago that yep. um, yeah, two thousand twelve. Yeah, that they were inserted and they just stopped working. Yeah. So, um, so I had um, this one lady came in with a uh, with a cat that um, she said, oh look, it's it's got two microchips in it. Said really? She said, "Yeah, yeah." The um, when it was a kitten, the vet that was putting the microchips in, yeah, you know, you've got all these, you know, tabby cats sitting there and the thing, and the vets put 
a microchip in one and then put a microchip in the same oh, cat again. You know, sort of oops. Yeah, took, took it out because usually, I don't know what you do when you're doing that, is I have a done box and a two, <laughs> you know, a, a, a done pile and a to-be-done pile. It's quite easy to mix them up, well, I'd imagine. Yeah, yes, yeah. potentially. And so um, so this cat's got two microchips in it. And I said, oh, that's pretty weird. She right. said, so yeah. You know, so no way that's getting lost. So if you, so if you, cha- if you scan it, it's got two chips. And so I've scanned it and um, – and, and and yet, oh. not, neither of them worked. Oh, they're both dud chips. No, they're both oh, dud incredible. chips. Yeah, oh. yeah. So Look, the reason I know the year is because Olive had one. Oh, right. Olive was know. one of the, yeah, one of the dodgy yeah, ones. Olive had a dodgy chip. So being a good vet, only you know, yes. always the builder has the night, the worst house in the street. Well, yeah, the, yeah. The vet, the vet and his animals. I um, she, she was oh, she's what seven or eight years old. Yeah. And it was only we got uh, we had a cat come and visit us. So all we right, came yeah. home and Deb found two cats inside the house. Right. Yeah. So we're like, all right, perhaps we better activate the microchip flap that we've got going on into the into the uh, outside there. In, yeah. Inside, and. Uh, and we're like, oh, she's just not triggering the box chip. She's going through and through. It's not triggering. Yeah, and right. So I brought a scanner home from work. Oh, her, her chip's not working. <laughs> it's only by been for the last five years yeah. or so. So she was one of the ones that had one of those dodgy chips. Yeah, so right. So I put, put a new one in and everything. So there you go. Yeah. So next time you're at, at the clinic, just get your vets to uh, give them a little scan and just check and make sure it's all working all right. Good idea. Yeah. Excellent. Speaking of uh, speaking of doing things, big thank you to Zilkeen. Yes. Uh, sponsors. Uh, been in on board for a long time. Thanks, guys. It's uh, Mild anxiety lowering medication, um, great for for travel. Yes, um, I had had uh, a dog going on the Spirit of Tasmania down in Tasmania. Nice. They wanted something just to settle it down. Yeah, I yeah. said, "Yep, go for some Zilkeen. Help really well. I'm really happy with it. Very good. No seasickness. That's I, good. I don't think yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. Yeah. It work like some ginger or one of those little uh, those little magnet things C-bands. that you put on your. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, put, put in your wrist. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah they work. They work, they work well for my daughter. So, yeah. oh, that's good. You probably, would you need two or four for a dog? That's a good question. Yeah, probably yeah. four. One for each wrist. Well, one for each wrist, wrist. maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah We've got. Um, we bought them for uh, for Camille, and we didn't put them on her, but um, because I think they were a bit big and. Oh. And I'm sure that's the reason why she felt seasick. But because anyway, she didn't get them on. Because she didn't get them on properly. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Bad dad. Uh, yeah, bad not dad. Awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and then we got Prime 100 as well. The um, the uh, single protein diet aficionados for dogs and cats uh, for food as well as pro as well as treats, dry food, wet food, cats and dogs and they've got, got it all, haven't they? Mate? They've, got, they've got all such a massive range. You've got all sorts of uh, funky, funky things. So uh, if you're looking for something a little bit different for your pet and uh, or they've got potential inflammatory bowel disease, they've got some skin yep. issues, and you want to try a different diet and try and eliminate out a diet-related issue, then using a single-protein diet would be a really good yeah, idea. excellent idea. They've got for adult dogs and for puppies, haven't they? Yep, for sure. And also our Patreon supporters, thank you very much. Get on board. Uh, look for Two Vets Talk Pets at patreon.com. We've got a new Patreon this week, mate. Awesome. So, so uh, I think I think Sarah Briffer has come on board. Thank you, Sarah, for Thanks, your support. Sarah. Uh, I think she wanted to see you horse riding into the sunset, mate. So oh. we're one closer. Don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? Hopefully it's a very, very cloudy day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, sunset, come on. I don't it's going to be, what's gonna be scary. Me riding the horse naked or you um, you know, uh, having to watch Pet Cemetery. Oh, definitely That's Pet gonna, Cemetery. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. All righty, mate. Now you got anything in the news this week? Uh, yeah, so I um, so last week we were uh, alluding to, I wanted to, like, I had someone in uh, my consult talking about their um, their dog when they're doing little uh, you know, little tremors and things like that and going yeah. do animals dream yeah. so um, yeah. do you see the little 
little kitten on Instagram that was dreaming was riding a bike. Did you see that? I did see one? that. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, that's much better than the one that I saw. Another one on the article that I was looking at of a uh, a cat mum that uh, her little kitten was lying on its back and it's sort of pouring its little hands in the air and so then the mum sort of grabs it and gives it a cuddle and I'm just no. trying to think of it's, it, it. I'm trying to work out is oh. it cute or is it like. Just stop moving around, or, you know. Oh, right. Just settle down. Yeah, to, yeah. Or, or just, you know, I'm just rolling. Like the cat actually doesn't open its eyes. I think the cat might have just been moving in its own sleep and it happened to have its dreaming kitten in its arms. But, oh. I mean, you can anthropomorphize the no, bum out of it. And cute. It's cute. Let's stick with cute, oh, mate. Oh, cute. You're all you that think? cute in this show. Awesome. Cute yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's enough doom and gloom. We might as well That's keep right. it happy and light. Cute you reckon? Fluffy is nice. Giving it a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> Cuddles. All right. Um, so, um, yeah. so, so the thing with dreaming, so what uh, happens when people dream is that it's the um the rapid eye movement part of your dreaming yep. so um so for the first hour or so usually you're doing nothing everything's really quiet but then after that your eyes start darting around everywhere and it's supposed to be the um you know, your body trying to go through and try to put your memories into different things you know different up segments of your brain um and so what so then the hard thing is you know in it being a human you can say well what did you dream about because then we can talk about it but so we see that animals can have rapid uh, eye movement parts of their dreaming too, wow. so of their sleeping, where their eyes are darting around, and we see it in Rosie quite a lot when she's sitting down and you know she's like, and you see her eyes sort of darting around and sort of doing all sorts of funny stuff. But then the th- the question is, right? Well, are they dreaming or is that just some unconscious voluntary movement? Um, and I found things of where um, there was a, a study done in rats and what they were doing is they were looking at, um, they were able to map the neurons that uh, fired. So they, they try and train these rats and say, okay, all right, well, look up this, this um, passageway in this food, look up this passageway in this food. And that would fire off a certain lot of neurons. Mm. Then they'd show them a passageway that didn't have food and it wouldn't fire off those neurons. And so then they were checking those neurons while the rats were asleep and they were there was the same neurons that were firing off the ones that were heading up to that pathway. And then what they do, I think they uh, once the rats were then awake, then the rats would run up that pathway when the barrier wasn't there and go up there to get the food. So it's like their, you know, that, their thing there of going, okay, well, they're, while they're in this rapid eye movement part of their sleep they're actually sending the neurons into this um part of the brain there what's the limbic system i don't know yeah you know, that's yeah. Um, that's it's helping them amygdala. to try and help with their, the amygdala the amygdala it's oh, another oh, word it's another word <laughs> it's, it's another, another word. brain word you know um so wow yeah. do they have another passageway like up to a, like a mouse trap a mouse like a rat trap and it's like well, that's no, more the would, nightmare would, scenario. Yeah, well, I was wondering, you know? do they have a nightmare? Is there, you know? Well, yes. And then they get out and they go, oh, don't go down that don't path. Don't go down that don't one. Don't go down that one. Well, that'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting experiment, I guess. But it, I mean, it'd probably be a short experiment if they all went down the wrong path, <laughs> the wrong passageway straight up, wouldn't it? It'd be like, oh, we're going to need a shipper and rats uh, to, for the next week, I yeah, think. It's yeah. a very Darwinian thing. If they go in there and they get nailed by the mousetrap, it's like, yeah, no, we don't need the genetics for that. So, so do animals dream? Yes, it seems like they do. And do they dream the same way as what we do? We guess so, and it, maybe it's nice for us to think that they do. Fantastic, yeah, mate! I so love it. Go. That's great. Good to know. Well, speaking of dreaming and yeah. dreamy sort of things, Carl Lagerfeld died during the week, mate. You know Carl Lagerfeld? No. Who's Carl you Lagerfeld? Don't, uh, legendary German fashion designer. Carl Lagerfeld. Oh, that Carl Lagerfeld. <laughs> yes. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, there you go, mate. The uh, d- creative director of Chanel. Right, right. Chanel is that a ba- are they bags that perfume? Uh, maybe both. Cars? Cars? Maybe both cars? Yeah. Is, is it like Elon Musk as well? Yeah, no. 
could be it could be a musky. They might do a musk perfume. Might maybe. Yeah, Elon yeah. Musk perfume. Nice. Maybe. Yeah, musky. But legend. Uh, after legendary German fashion designer Karl Lagerfeld died last week in Paris, the age of eighty-five, industry industry watchers quickly turned their attention to his beloved Berman cat, Schubert. Oh, I heard about you heard this about cat. Schuppert. One of my clients. So you don't know it. Carl, but you know Schuppert. I heard about Schuppert. Yes. Do you know what? Do you know what it's French for? Um, really rich cat. Gold digger. Oh no yeah. way! Yeah. Really? Yeah, French. Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> or, or, have to look I, I mean, ma'am, and she's a gold digger. She's a gold digger. It was always by his side. I'll bet. Right. I'll bet. Yeah, I'll bet she was. Lagerfield, who was the creative director for Chanel, has said in the past that Schuppert is. An heiress, according to the French magazine Le Figaro. Right. Like my French, I'm good, aren't That's I? That's great, mate. Yeah. yeah. Will oh, she really... I'm getting a little hot here, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, gee, yeah, <laughs> Gold digger. <laughs> I reckon she was just hanging around Carl, waiting to fall off the, fall off the perch. Yeah. And she's like, bam! Well, snaffled that budgie that's fallen off the perch. I'm in now. I'm the heiress. Well, well, it's good for her. I mean, the other 15 cats that have been hanging on for the previous 85 years, they all feel a little bit bummed. Yeah, you wouldn't they want to get on board. Make it out. You wouldn't want to go aboard at 50, would you? No. has got another 35 years to go. He's so, like, oh, we're not going to make it. Do you want another cigarette, mate? Do you want another <laughs> cigarette? Here you go. Have some more blue cheese. Yeah, you let know? me bite you, see if I can get yeah. an infection. <laughs> Will she really inherit some or all of Lagerfield's estimated 200 to 300 million net worth? Wow. Wowzers. Although none of Lagerfield's estate planning details have been made public yet, it's like that she bit. Yes. We'll walk away a fat cat. Nice. Nice. Gee whiz. Says Valerie Duandre. Right. An international inheritance lawyer based in Hollywood. Oh, it's Duandre. <laughs> <laughs> After all, Lagerfield, who resided in France with Schubert. Was without children of his own. Right, okay. So he's obviously got the surrogate fur child. Yeah, absolutely. If this is the case, uh, matters will only get more complicated as who will get Schubert's fortune when she passes on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, maybe she, I wonder if she's desexed. She might have some children. She might, of she might her have some, some heiresses of the, 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 yeah. yeah. Just going to be a, um, yeah, this is going to be like a, the French Revolution thing, you know, of where <laughs> you're just going to end up, there's going to be all these, you know, uh, aristocrats. You know? <laughs> I like You like her going there? They're going to take over French, the aristocrat. Yeah. <laughs> it says, after all, she was money. She was a money-making celebrity in yes. her own right. Right. Okay. She pert has lived a life of luxury since moving in with Lagerfield in 2011. Right. Oh, she moved in. She moved she? in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Yeah. She's got two maids. Right. As four meals a day, gets fed delicacies like king crab, smoked salmon, and caviar. In what Lagerfield's described as fabulous bowls. Well, I saw all that in your fridge, mate. So, I mean, that's not all that impressive, you know. It's a, right next to the ice cream you bought. <laughs> she's a mass, she's got nearly 300,000 followers on Instagram. Holy crap. How many have we got? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think a couple of thousand less than that, maybe. A maybe. couple of thousand has earned $3 million through sponsorships and ad appearances. Flipping heck. Hang on, we need to renegotiate. Rene yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe Betty we... Kin Olin, Prime 100, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't, don't, don't let them listen to this. I'll end up getting the cat to try and endorse them. That's true. They'll she pull got a some... sponsorship from us. I wonder if she's got a podcast. Maybe. The podcast. The, the <laughs> she previously served as an ambassador, German automobile, ma automobile manufacturer, Opel. Launch, All right. Launch branded lines and has been the subject of two books. Well, I'm getting there. I've got two books. You got two Tick. books. Tick. Yeah. 
not really a. <laughs> how, how are you going with your brand management well, of a uh, of a German car? Well, you know Tesla. We Tesla. Can go with Tesla. <laughs> the new dog mode we talked about. So there you go, mate. Nice. What do you think about Schubert? Well, I think I think there is some fear, you know, of the uh, um, aristocracy, uh, you know, of yeah. these aristocrats taking over. Yeah. And so when that's happening, you know, and we're having some sort of a, a revolution, we just have to uh, wait for Joan of Bark to come <laughs> along and try and rally, rally the troops. It'd be a ca- catastrophe, wouldn't it? A catastrophe, it? would it? Yes. <laughs> A catastrophic event. A catastrophic event. Yes. Oh, mate, oh we, and, and, and maybe maybe they need to use the cat of nine tails or something <laughs> like that. No, that's terrible. Oh, all right, all right, um, mate. Hey, so, you got sp- speaking of ba- in bad taste, um, or at least in good taste, yes. Um, there was the uh, the story that we saw during the week of um, Boris, uh, Big Boris, who tried yeah. eating a uh, just pull it up on the computer, who tried eating a uh, a chicken kebab, um, and, and then a month later. Um, then uh, the vets found the skewer close to his heart. Mm. Now, the thing that I loved mm. about this was it, was it reminded me of the old uh, hardware disease we used to um, talk about in, in cows. Yes. Remember that? When yes. When you used to have so um, – because cows have got their, their four stomachs yep. that if they find wire and things around in the in the paddocks and they eat it, because the four stomachs are sitting there and squeezing, squeezing all the time, if the wire pokes through the, the lining and pokes through the diaphragm and pokes into the pericardium, the sac outside the heart, yep. then, yeah, you can get a pericarditis. So yeah. hardware disease. So I was really listening going, well, this is just like old old hardware yeah. disease that dogs used to get. Yeah, it is. So – Boris. Boris. It's from Russia, isn't he? Boris. Well, he could be. Boris. could be. Well, he's Ber- Bernese, so he's probably more likely around the Alps oh, sort of. Swiss. 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 Schweiz. Yeah, no, that's still more getting around the German, I think. Schweiz. No, Schweiz. Switzerland. Oh, is it really? That's Schweiz. Oh, is it? That's his German word for Switzerland. Oh, really? Schweiz, yeah. Nice. Well, I'll give you a lesson. Schubert. Sch- Gold nice. digger. Gold digger. So Bodies body stands for silly dog. <laughs> silly dog that eats skewer. Stands for tasty kebab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so chicken kebabs are off the menu for Boris the dog after the hungry pooch needed emergency surgery to have a wooden skewer removed from its heart, costing its owners $13,000. Oh, it sounds cheap to me, so, I reckon. Well, I yeah, so get to the heart to get a skewer. That's, yeah. that's uh is that a few years ago? That's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> well, uh, unless they um they managed to just pull it out for through his uh through back through his chest, but it's um have a look oh, at the picture. Incredible. He's got he's got a lot of stuff around on his uh on his chest, so they may have had to throw a cotomy yeah, through the Yeah, side. I think they did. Yeah, they got yeah, right. right up to his heart. So Alison Lonigan said her family was enjoying a barbecue in early January when they went to fetch the extra chicken skewers from the kitchen bench, only to find them missing. Oh. The likely destination being Boris's belly. He never steals food, and this is the first time. He stolen food from anywhere. Boris passed some of the chicken skewers and appeared to be in good spirits until a month later. <laughs> you know what? If I pooed out a chicken skewer, I would be in such good spirits, Lewis. <laughs> I'd, I would be I would be walking around on cloud nine. If I had something that long and pokey going through my colon and I managed to get it out and of you my got bum. A good tink when it came out. Tink, oh, I tink. T- tell you what, I would I'd be ru- I'd be running up and down the street high five and people going, Why are you so happy? Because I pooed out a chicken skewer. <laughs> and I can only imagine Boris was doing the same thing. I don't know how they get in their mouth. That's incredible. It gets in there in the first place. Well, it's just nuts, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um so the family noticed that Boris was not acting normally and was lethargic after multiple vet visits and scans. Mrs. Lonigan noticed the pup had started coughing up blood, Oof. which is never a good sign. Nah. Now, if you've got nah. a top three things of, of, of crap stuff happening with your animal, coughing up blood, right up there. Yep. Second one, pooing out chicken skewer. <laughs> 
No, that's one of the good things. That's oh, that's a good one. So sorry, good. sorry. Yeah. Top ten good things. <laughs> um, the doctor comes out and says, uh, "Oh, sorry." So, following uh, the X-ray, the vets at the North Hobart Veterinary Clinic finally discovered the problem. The doctor came out and says, "We've got a situation. Boris has a kebab skewer in his heart." She said she was told Boris needed emergency surgery. I had to be put down for Mrs. Lonigan. Oh, wow. It was an easy decision. He was only 90 months old when this happened and it was just like, nah, just have to do it. We will find a way. So Manti Arnott uh, Man, Manti? Yeah, Manti from the North Hobart Veterinary Hospital told ABC local radio Boris was very lucky. We assume the skewer turned around and went up through the stomach wall and up through the diaphragm and into the left atrium of the heart, Dr. Arnott said. Wow. A, yeah, which is nuts. That's crazy. In a lucky turn of events for young Boris, the North Hobart Veterinary Hospital had a visiting cardiologist in town the day Boris came in. I think he's incredibly lucky. lucky. It was probably the best day for him to be here. The vet told Mrs. Lonigan the skewer was millimetres from Boris's aorta and one wrong move could have meant another ending to Boris's tail. There's nothing like a little bit of, you know, drama. (laughs) Yeah. You know, (laughs) tell you what, you know, it's lucky that you turned him left when he came out of the car. Otherwise, gee, you could have Yeah, it was inches away from Sliding doors, sliding doors. So Dr. Arnott said, well, it was not rare for a dog to eat something that it shouldn't. The fact that the skewer stayed in Boris for a month before he exhibited poor health was a freak event. Mm. And the Lonigan family is now facing nearly $13,000 in vet bills and are being extra careful to ensure Boris does not get anywhere near a skewer again. Yeah, mate. Now, I've got a little issue. The the skewer, you've got the painted Robbie. Yes. Skewer. What you do with the skewer after you've eaten the kebab. Yes. Is there something for before you've eaten the kebab? Yeah, keep it in the fridge. <laughs> yes, I keep like it. In, it. Keep it in the fridge. Great. Fridge, Good food hygiene. Barbecue, take, off the, take off your chicken and then put it straight in the empty beer, beer bottle. bottle. yeah. Stick it in the beer right. bottle on the table so there's not lying on the plates or anything like that. Stick it in the beer bottle straight into the rubbish. Job's done. Maybe well, this is something we see... Reasonably regularly, isn't yeah, it? I it reckon is, it's yeah. not not uncommon. No. Maybe we should develop a pet friendly chicken skewer, a kebab skewer. Two vets talk pet skewer that's like dissolves in the acid of the stomach or something. Oh, I like it. So the uh, humans could even eat it. You wouldn't yes. be pulling them out anymore. Yeah. You just eat it and dissolve. I see where you're going with yeah. it. And I like it. Maybe some sort of, or you could make it um, softer, like you know, something reusable, Lewis. You know? yeah. So rather than it being something that's had to come from you know, a, a tree, maybe we could get some sort of like a silicon-based thing or something. Oh, so yeah. That, so yeah. that when it gets pooed out, it comes out You nice can just put softly. it in the dishwasher and wash it up a bit, you reckon? I, well, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend reusing it, you know. <laughs> Said reusable. Oh, well, well, no, no, reusable for when you're using it for your chicken skewer, assuming that your dog's not going to eat the oh, skewer. Oh, so the one that they've eaten, you can't reuse it then. Well, I mean, look, hey, what you do in your own barbecues is fine, mate, but just rest assured I'm not going to eat one of your chicken skewers. Maybe we could make it out of like a, a sauce, like a, a solidified bit of sauce or something, and it goes, it's like a, a chicken's flavoured sauce or, you know, a Paul Newman sauce or something, and then it dissolves in the gut and it tastes really nice as well. Papyrus. You can yeah. maybe make it out of papyrus. Right. What's that? Well, papyrus oh, is paper. The, the paper. Yeah, yeah, the paper that's made that when it adds, it adds to water. Didn't you ever read The Da Vinci Code? Yes, they I had the so. stuff with papyrus. So when water hits it, it dissolves oh, away. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. In in uh, like the like in uh, Mission Impossible, in ten seconds will self destruct. Maybe yes. Maybe that we could do it like that. Possibly. Possibly. We could do that. I reckon we should look Let's into that. Let's brainstorm that yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic, <laughs> mate. Um, so there you go. So that's uh, – and the chickens. And then the other one that was um, all over the uh, – uh, all over social media. Did you see the story about the fat rat? No. Yeah, yeah. So Tell me was, about fat rats. So, so this is um, – I'm a, intrigued. So a chubby rat was saved from a sewer manhole cover by an emergency crew in a German town. <laughs> 
So there you go. We a are nice multinational today. Multi- so here we go. Have a look at this. What this was the rat's name? Um, I, I Hans? Hans, that's his German name. I think, I think, he's oh, no, I think his oh, name was Stuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, Hans is German for Stuck in Manhole. Manhole, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was Manfred. You know, Manfred. Manfred. You know, like his name's Man, and the guy that saved him, his name was Fred. No, maybe. Right? Um, yeah, he's so, definitely stuck. So this was a story that was getting, um, you know, as it would do when it's got something involving an animal, massive media traction, social legs. media it's traction. Got legs. Well, it didn't have legs. Well, his legs were stuck the other side yeah, of the manhole. Yeah, cover, you know, see so. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this fat rat, like, and it's only a tiny little hole. Yeah. Too. Like how he's managed to squeeze his bonds and his front legs through that, I've got no damn so idea. So I'm looking for we're looking for a manhole that you see. In in any sort of street, uh, any street. And the cover's obviously on the manhole, but sometimes you have those air breathing holes. Yes. And the rat's obviously got halfway through, and then it looks like he's got stuck on his hips, I reckon. I reckon He's just right got there. the uh, the love handles have just got uh, stuck, and he's just sticking out with his head out on the road. And I'm surprised the car hasn't run over him. So so nine rescue workers. Nine. In, <laughs> yeah. Right, yep. In the German town of Bensheim. There are not many emergencies in this town. Well, gee whiz, if there was that day, none of them were getting seen to other than this rat. I tell you what, have saved a rat with a lot of winter flab, which I think is cr- unfair because I think it's the ca- the, the rat's hips. Yeah. It's the rat's yeah, hips. It's, it's got nothing to do with his winter flab. It's confirmation. He was born like that. It's just he's the big, way he was born. He's big bones. He's bigger, big bones. He's comfortably plump. That's right. He's got a childbearing hips. <laughs> Is what he's got, she, you know. She, 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 she maybe, must maybe. be she. Well, I don't. I don't that's his not Hans. That's his Magdalena. Yes, Freya, maybe. Freya, Freya, Freya. I think that's more Swedish. That is Swedish. Yes. yes. Come from Sweden. Don't you try and start trying sell oh, a short through the sewers. Through the sewers. From, on a on a on a raft. So, all, so you're saying that all the good stuff from Sweden comes through the sewers through Germany. Well, I think there's a, there is there is water between Sweden and Germany. I'm, I'm led to believe. I know. think they have a saying in Sweden that all the best stuff that they have goes to Germany. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Sure. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll, best I'll, I'll part of them up. goes to Germany. <laughs> all righty. <yeah. laughs> which 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 is their best parts? No? Let's best leave that in the yeah. sewer. <laughs> uh, um, so the animal was freed on Sunday afternoon after a large recovery operation by local animal rescue workers and volunteer firefighters who had no fires to fight because it's the middle of winter. Right. Um, uh, according to BBC, a young girl found the squeaking rodent and local authorities were alerted to its dilemma. Volunteers at the local fire department then received a call with the code animal rescue small animal and responded to save the rather rotund. Well, it does say here female rodent. So there you go. Right. Yep, so maybe did they did there. get close enough. Yeah. Right. Eh? Uh, she had a lot of winter flab and it was stuck fast at her hip. There was no going forward or back. Animal rescuer Michael Sear reportedly told local media. Responding to questions about why so many people needed to be involved in the rescue operation, (laughs) Mr. Sear was unequivocal. Even animals that are hated by many deserve respect, he said. Well, how diplomatic is that? Yes, there that's you go. a good, good comment. I like that. When emergency responders arrived at the tense scene, Mr. Sear, who works for well, a local well, hang animal... On, tense. The emergency workers calling this tense? Yes. Wowee. Right. It's not a burning tense. house, is it? It's not. No, it's a, no. no. It's, it's not it's a, a burning a school or something. Rat stuck it's in a little rat. in a little vent. Tense. Um, so, uh, so what they ended? So they ended up propping the. Um, they had to lift up the the manhole yeah, cover yep. and get in there and then get underneath and try and sort of wriggle its hips what, out. Probably and leaned it up a bit, you know, just really, you know, they didn't lubricate it up. I think they should have engine you know? oil, anything I've got. I think what they should have done, you know, and and you know, we are two vets talking about pets, you know. I really think they should have gone and found a vet to try and get there and try and sedate the thing so that they can actually take it out because uh, it was. Um, 
Yeah, you know. A bit traumatic. A, a little bit traumatic for the rat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, okay. but then to, to bring it all back and be nice, the young girl who first saw the rat drew a picture of it um, for one of the rescuers. Here's a picture of the rat with some hearts on there. Oh, that's you know, lovely. And they released the rat back into the sewers. Did they? Yes. You know, oh. so, you know, I thought they would have given it to the little girl as a pet. Here, this is a pet. And then it bit her and then she got the plague. <laughs> you know? Oh, and that was a terrible <laughs> ending. No. <laughs> what a lovely. <laughs> and then they were having a barbecue and they left a skewer out. Let's go back to me. Going, Let's go back to me talking about the sewage coming the sewage. from, from, from Switzerland. That was much better. Yes. Much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then there'd be Bonnie playing. <laughs> the little girl got. Oh, man. The poor little girl. <laughs> you know, she got a mycoplasmal infection <laughs> from That's the rat. <laughs> You know, she, she, she's now the coughing fleas? everywhere. What did the fleas give you yeah, from yeah. rats? Was that the flu? The Spanish flu? No. Was that fleas? No, no, no. Spanish flu was just people. Oh, they didn't know. Oh, was it, was, it? it was a people. But did you know that the Spanish flu didn't actually start in Spain? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, was that on? That was on that podcast. Yeah, stuff yeah. You should know. Stuff you should know. Yeah, and I don't know. I've forgotten it. Yeah. Where did well, it start? I forget. Uh, they found it in America. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They found it in American airbase in America. So it was soldiers that came back from the war. Yeah. That, um, that they found it there, or when they were training, that that's where they found it. Ah. It's just they first isolated in Spain, called it the Spanish flu, and now everybody thinks it was uh, it came from Spain. Wow. It didn't come from Spain. There so. you go. So there you guys, there's our second cross promotion segment. We've got teachers' pet to go and listen to. Yeah, and, uh, stuff you should know. Yeah, I, th- I think stuff you should know. I've got like eleven hundred podcasts. So don't go and listen to them because you'll never come back and listen to us. <laughs> you got hours, hours of listening. We're yeah. much more informed on pet stuff. On pet stuff, yeah, for sure, exactly. Yeah. But if they wanted to come on, oh, we, we, we could interview them, have a chat about something yeah. animal related. Yeah, Chuck and um, Chuck and uh, or Jerry's Jerry, the, Jerry? Uh, or Jerry's Jerry works in the Jerry's the sound person because they've got they because they got Chuck that much and Dave? money. Is it Dave? Chuck and uh-huh. can't remember Josh. Anyway. Josh. Josh. It's Josh. Josh and Chuck. Yeah. There you go. Time to disclaim this now. Yeah, I think so. All advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult with your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if you've missed anything or if you need any clarification. All righty, mate. All right. Now, last week we talked about, I was going to talk about 10 behaviour myths to bust. Bust it. And so I think that's where we're going today. This you know what we should have if it, with this silly mixer, we should have the thing of being able to go bust it, did it, yeah, like oh. the old buster buster move thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's saying that? Don't worry about it. No, 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 yeah. no, no. All right. So ten behavior moves busted. Behavior moves myths. <laughs> <laughs> this this is an article from originally from the conversation by Paul McGreevy and Melissa Starling, who are. Paul McGreevy is a very well-known behaviourist out of Sydney. Fantastic, fantastic guy. Does some great research and stuff. Number 10, dogs have a human appreciation of sharing. Humans can rationalise and appreciate the benefits of sharing. Yes. In contrast among dogs, possession is 10... Tenths of the law. Ten tenths. Ten tenths. How much is ten tenths? I was never any good at fractions. You know what I'm like That'd be one more than nine tenths. Right, yeah. yeah. So, so that would be a full. A, a full, full, a whole, yes. A, full, a whole, a one. Yes. One. It's ten a one. out of ten, a hundred. Yes. Percent, Utah. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> point break. Point break. Yeah, I love yeah, point I know, break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I want to watch that instead of Pet Cemetery 2. <laughs> I'll even watch Point Break 2 instead of 
Oh, what's your point? Is that bad? You mean the re- the remake? Yeah, terrible. Remake, yeah, ter- horrible. Bad. Yeah, yeah horrible. Didn't, didn't end up seeing nah, it. No. Nah. Oh, yeah. We'll go and see that instead of Pet Cemetery <laughs> too. Nah, no. Oh. So we should not take. So then it goes on. We should not take toys, bones, and shoes away from dogs unless we have trained them to accept this. And we've I've said this all along the podcast. Why do we have this feel that we need to remove food from a dog? Yes, yeah. Let them eat their food. We're yep. we're allowed to eat our food. Why do we have to take food away from them? Yes. Uh, there is no reason. The only reason you want to take food away from it is it was a chicken kebab. Yes. And you're going, oh, I need to take that kebab away. Yes, Boris. That's right, because it's not one of the patented Two Vets Talk Pets dissolvable ones. No, no. It's a bamboo one that's going to get stuck in your heart. And I don't want to have you running up and down the street high-fiving everyone because you pooed out a skewer again. <laughs> Exactly. That was weird enough the first time because it poked a hole in the plastic bag, Lewis. Right. And we tried to pick it up. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> in the poo bag. In the poo bag. Went the straight vet- through the poo bag. In the, in the two vets talk pets poo, poo bags bag that we've got. <laughs> <laughs> I looked into those. I couldn't find anyone to do them. Couldn't find them? No. Yeah. I don't know if it was the, it was the, it was the fact it was our logo they didn't want to do or they just couldn't do it. <laughs> so... Yeah, don't don't try. You know, dogs dogs don't necessarily want to share things. Let them eat. Yeah, exactly. Number nine, dogs always enjoy common human physical displays of affection, like kissing, hugging. That hugging's the yes. big one. Often humans often show their affection by for others by hugging and cuddling them. Yes, dogs simply do not have the limbs and joints to achieve this. And so I've not evolved to give each other a loving squeeze, except for that cat that you talked about that that was dreaming and was cuddling its lost I still think it was trying to eat its baby. Oh, eat? Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, really? Yeah, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Inf- inf- what's that? Infanticide? Like lions do. Yes. You know when yeah. a lion well, male takes over the new pride? Yes. And he uh, unfortunately gets rid of the little baby. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know what it's called when you eat it. Yeah, yeah no. Um, no, let's keep going with this topic. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to Sweden in, and in, what comes... Infanta aperitif. Yeah. Right, yes. That's French. French fruit. French fruit. Yummy. French for lions eating baby Yummy lions. babies. Ooh, no. Bit odd. This yeah. is, this is an can, odd. Can, can we hit the dump button on this? It's yeah. not going well. You've got the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dogs simply do not... Yeah, we said that. When embraced by humans, many dogs can or pets can find this uncomfortable or threatening. Yeah. So it's really... A lot of people say, oh, my dog loves cuddles. You know, look, here's a mm. photo of me cuddling my dog. You've got to look for the early signs that yep. they're anxious. Look for them licking their lips. Yep. Are they yawning? Are they looking away? from you when you're yep. cuddling them? Are they leaning or trying to push away from you? Or sometimes they're frozen. Yes. They're frozen. They're just stock still. And you go, oh, look, they're really loving it. If they're not sort of leaning into you and really comfortable and relaxed, yep. then they're probably not enjoying it. Not they're struggling. It. Exactly. Yeah. Struggling, maybe maybe growling. Or sometimes a really subtle thing is after you let them go from your cuddle, they walk off and they'll do a shake. You know, right. full body, like they're right. shaking water okay. off. Yeah. That's an anxiety shake. Right. But you know what? It just happened. I wasn't cool with that at all. Yeah, so right. So really good to watch out for that. It's funny. The girl that I bought the ice creams off before I came here, she, after I handed over the money, she got afterwards. It's like, it's a bit weird. That's because like, she went into the freezer to get the money ah, and came out into the it. heat. And went, oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Pretty sure that'd be it. Yeah. There's no... <laughs> Scary, mate. You're harmless. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, no anxiety. I paid, I paid for the ice creams too. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> like I didn't try and lean over the thing and hug her because, yeah, that, oh. that'd be because I know that, you know, <laughs> that's not cool. It's not cool. That's, no, yeah. don't do that. Right. Number eight barking and growling dogs are always threatening or dangerous. Yes. Now, that's a bit of a myth. myth. They are, they are just distance increasing behaviours. Yes. They're just saying, I'm not comfortable being so close. I'll bark to increase uh, space, increase the space between you and me or you yep. and that dog or whatever, whatever I'm worried about. Um, they usually, though, you'll see your dog giving more subtle signals first. You know, we just talked about um, 
you know, those things, the lip licking, yawning, moving away, yep. leaning away, looking away. Yes, yeah. Obviously, yep. and so often we miss those and um, many dogs learn those subtle seals just don't work and yep. so they go straight to... They ramp it up. Yeah, they go straight yep. to shouting, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. Get away from me, you know, yes. rah, 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 growl, barking. So really important to watch out for the subtle signals that, um, that your dogs are doing. Number seven, dogs will welcome unfamiliar dogs into their home. Yeah, no, no, uh, myth, no. But no. Dogs have no way of knowing that the dogs and humans we invite around to our home, for example, for a play date, are ever going to leave. <laughs> They're here for good, as yeah. far as they know. So it's expected that they'll often try to lay out the local ground walls and put the new arrivals in their place. Yeah, rightio. So there might be a bit of, uh, bit of some issues going on yep, there. Some so hackles up and yeah. there's a little bit of growling yeah. and don't so go near my bed. And what, what, yeah, what can work really well, though, is if you go to the local park and just meet in the local park. Yes. Both of you playing separately in the park, meet in the local park. Neutral territory. And come and walk home together. Yes. Nice way to do it. Number six, dogs like relaxing as much as humans do. Yes. Well, unless you've got to whip it. Yes, yeah, most of the time sleeping. He yeah. does relax all the time. Oh, yeah. Olive, Olive likes relaxing. Yeah. We go to work and go to school, so we greatly value the opportunity to chill out at home and maybe watch TV. In contrast, dogs spend most of their time at home, so they value exercise off the property far more than time spent on the sofa. Yeah, right. And that, that's really important. It's... Um, and it's what you do when you get home. How yeah, you play yeah. with the dog when you get home that's really important for them rather than what they do when you, you know, necessarily what they're doing when you're when not, you're not there. there. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, number five, an effusive dog is a friendly dog. So that's a dog that's over the top with yes. greetings. Um, Jumping all over you it, and bouncing it, and it, licking and all that sort exactly. of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So friendly for one dog is not friendly for all dogs. Yes, yep. And some dogs use excessive friendliness as a way to help their anxiety associated with meeting another dog or human. Right, okay. And this is really common. You probably see this at the vet clinic, mate. You get the yep. dog that is just over the top excited to be at the vet. Yes, yep. And you just know that's not normal. It's not normal behaviour. It's maybe a dog that is excited with greetings, but you yep. can tell that it's actually quite anxious. Yeah. And after a while, if you've got that dog in the consult room, you feed them treats, you ignore them for a while, you drop treats on the ground, they actually start to settle down a little yeah. bit and there's no longer that effusive. And it's really hard to convince owners because they're like, oh, he does that to everyone. It's like, well, he's just actually helping his anxiety a little bit by being over the top with a greeting. Yeah. Really yeah. hard one to get across to owners, that one. Because so. it's that thing of where they where they seem so happy. All the signs that, that we see them displaying yes. is that it's like, but he's just showing such happy signs, yes. so it must be happy. But yes. it's like it's almost like the the maniacal laughter, you know that that you see the people. <laughs> what exactly. do you mean? Yeah, 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 kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that the thing of where people like you know yeah you see some people when they don't understand a situation or something, and it's like they're laughing at a time yes. at an inappropriate time. Yes, and it's that thing of go. It's a, almost like a coping mechanism for the fact that they feel uncomfortable. It's it, exactly yeah. a lot of people do yeah, laugh when. Uh, at a joke that's not funny, like most of mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a laugh. Yeah, there you there's go. Thank laugh, you. Mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're Just often like laughing. That one. You're often laughing at my crap ones too. So <laughs> thanks, mate. It's, it's mutual. But yours are gold, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially that one about Sweden and, and stuff yeah. that comes to Sweden and Germany. That's really good. Um, uh, number four, dogs approach when they want to engage playfully. Dogs approach when they want to engage playfully. Okay. Sometimes owners are confused when a dog approaches a human or another dog in a friendly fashion and then growls or snaps at them. These dogs may be motivated to approach chiefly to gain information rather than to interact and some may like strangers in principle but nevertheless become anxious and overwhelmed all of a sudden. Do they like strange principles uh, or just 
Strangers Prin- uh, in principle. Um, yeah, strangers in principle. Right, okay. Yeah. So they like the idea of going up to strangers, but then when they get near them, they're like, oh, suddenly, oh, I feel really worried with what's yes. going on. Yep. And you see that quite a bit with some dogs, that they're really conflicted with, with what they're doing. They want to go and investigate something, but then when they're presented with the thing that they, the, the situation they don't really know and understand, that then they realise, oh, hang on, geez, I've bitten off more than I can chew here, and holy crap, how, the, how do I get out yeah, of it? Suddenly yeah, suddenly they'll bark or they'll, they'll back away, or maybe even have a snap as well. Yes. So if you're seeing this pattern with your dog, it's probably best to call your dog away from new dogs or humans after only a couple of seconds of a greeting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just so that they don't have time to sort of be practicing that behavior. Yeah. Number three, we're getting down to the nitty gritty now, mate. A big yard can replace walks. Eh, no good. Because dogs spend so much time at home in the yard, they often find the area a little too familiar or sometimes rather dull. Yeah. The size of a yard is far less important to dogs than what happens in it. Right. That's a life life lesson there, I think, Yes. Mate. Yeah, it's not the size, it's what you do so it's with it. It's what you do yard. with it that yeah. counts. Yes. yes, that's right, exactly. Life lesson. Life lessons, you know? really yes. inter- yeah. Really interesting study that was done with Labradors, actually. They set up, they got all these Labradors and they set up cameras in their backyard. Yeah. And, uh, and they all had different size backyards. Some people had a veranda, a, a balcony. Some people had a huge paddock, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they recorded how much activity they do while the owners are away during the day. Yeah. What do you reckon the big difference that made the difference? Was it the size of the yard? What do you reckon made the big difference? I'm putting you on the spot here, mate. Uh, I I reckon it's going to have been the amount of exercise that they did, uh, like the amount of walking that they did with the owners. So when the owners aren't there, they're probably all just sleeping most of the time anyway. And it's just when the – if the dog's – didn't do much exercise with the owners and they'd be the ones that would be more anxiously pacing and wandering around and things. Good. Whereas the the ones that were exercised enough would go, I've had my stimulation, I'm just going to have a rest because I can. Yeah, like you're thinking, mate, certainly exercise would definitely tire them out. Yeah. But I think they gave them all a standard amount of exercise before ah, the owners left right. for the day to try and standardise it. What they found, actually, the yard size made no difference at all. So if you had a balcony versus yeah. you had a huge paddock, they didn't move any more than the other dog off the doorstep, right, okay. basically. Yeah, right. What made a difference was the amount of vegetation in the yard. Oh, so if right. you had a yard that's full of trees and shrubbery and things and areas to explore and right. sniff, yep. they're more likely to get up and move around. Yeah, right. So if you want to get a dog and you're worried about the size of a yard, it's what you do with the walking, obviously, as, as you yes. already mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But also a lot of you know shrubbery and, and, and stuff in the yard will encourage them to explore it a little bit more. Yeah, right. And then I suppose you can also use toys and food-related yes. enriching devices as well to keep them occupied because that's a lot of the thing is it like rather than because i've been telling a lot of people about this at work lately rather than feeding your dogs just in a bowl just go right tip there you go there's your food it, it works a lot better of being able to leave food around for them doesn't it exactly you know? mate yeah. it's all it's all about feeding the chooks you know just uh just throw the throw the food out let them scrounge for it out in yes. the backyard just like just like you're feeding the chooks just stand out in the backyard and just just throw it just yeah that's just right throw it that's, out in the backyard that's if you haven't got time or you can buy special food release devices that might we'll talk about this a bit more once yeah yeah but they're, they're really good you can put dry food in them or stuff wet food and freeze yeah. them yeah really right. keep them occupied Alrighty, number two, dogs are willfully defined when they don't do as they're told. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. Rather than deciding to disobey us, dogs sometimes simply can't do or don't know what we're asking from them. Yep. Um, 
we were or, talking about this the other day, weren't we? The um the thing of where you've got the dog that you know when you're trying to you know, when you're yelling at them or trying telling them off that oh he he looks guilty because he yes. knows he's done the wrong yes. thing. It's not that at all. It's just that they don't understand what the hell we're saying and that they're worried that this is a weird or reaction. Or I don't know what's going to happen. You're angry with me. You know why are you raising your voice at me? I don't know what I did wrong. I don't yes. know why. Why is that happening? I'm you know I'm cowering away from you. Um, and also maybe that they they've got much more pressing things to do. Yeah. At that time, you know they they're um they, they want to watch a movie. They don't want to go shopping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know they got they got places to lick. Yeah. 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 People to lick. Places people, to see. see <laughs> Bottoms to sniff. That's right. They're not going to sniff themselves. That's right. Yeah, they'll try, but they won't make it. Kebabs to find. Kebabs to find. Yeah, yeah. Busy. They're busy. Rats to look in in uh, in manhole covers. <laughs> it's lucky a cat didn't come along, I suppose. Oh, jeez, that could have been awkward. Imagine what the little girl's drawing would have been like then. Oh. <laughs> Here's the drawing of the skeleton with the coming out of the manhole cover. You know, that she shows the therapist as well as the as well as the firefighter. He's half a rat we found. <laughs> Dogs are not great at generalising, so they just, because they sit nicely when asked to in the kitchen, when you've got treats in your hand, doesn't mean they all know what sit means when they're at the off-leash dog park. Mm. There's too much going on. Yeah. And while your dogs might know what sit means when being trained at home without distractions, ask them to do so when visitors are at the door. might be like asking a child to read a book yep. upon arriving at Disneyland. That's right. Yep. Good analogy. Yes. I like that. Very good. Let's try that with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's the same. You know, you got a kid at um. You, know, you just picture kids at parties. When kids are at a party, you can't sit down and expect them to learn the times tables because yeah. they are, there's just too much it's other stuff exactly, going on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's hard enough to get them to do their manners. Yes, that's Please right. Yeah. Thank yous. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Sorry. Where's my Where's my lolly bag? Yeah. Where's where my, my lolly bag? bag? Yeah. Where can I have my party bag now? Where's my party bag? <laughs> It's just out there with the with the skewer in it out there on the out on the nature strip. Big Bernie's no. mountain dog left it. No, there's so much going through my head there. I'm just, I'm just gonna let that go. <laughs> Number one, barking, snapping, or lunging is the first sign of an anxious dog. Mm. False. False. We talked about this before. Dogs often give subtle signs they're becoming anxious, like avoiding eye contact with whatever is worrying them. Yep. Licking lips, brow furrows. Yes. So like the rock, but both are. Oh, yes. he's up, isn't he? He up, is not up. like the rock. Yeah, down. They're, 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 they both have a bit of action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One up, one down. Rosie's very good at doing uh, brow furrowing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Whippets. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Always worrying about Always something. worrying about something. <laughs> what's, yeah. going, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Are you happy with me, Daddy? I'm a good dog. Yes, Rosie, you're fine. Everything's good. Have I been sleeping too long today? No, darling, you're fine. <laughs> Everything's okay. You're in a, You're in your bed. You're going to get fed. The cats aren't going to punch you. Everything's okay. Uh, other anxiety signs, lifting a paw. Right, Sometimes. yes. Tightening muscles in their face. Oh, the oh, sardonic like a, grin. Yeah, like a Botox, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tetanus grin. Tetanus, tetanus grin, grin. yes. Yeah. Titanic spasm. Yeah, yeah. Or Botox. Botox. Or Botox is floppy. Oh, is it? No, just smooth. No, no, Botox is... Because you're paralysing it. Oh, really? It's floppy. Yeah, it's all yeah. floppy. Oh, I mean, that's go. where you take the wrinkles away. Right. That's why we, that's what we were initially we were laughing about Rosie going, Oh, we'll get her some Botox. Oh, yeah, no, no. She's actually doing that, telling us that she's not happy. We yeah. probably shouldn't mask those signs. No, no, we've got to got to listen into them. <laughs> if nothing is done to help these dogs move away from whatever is move if nothing is done to help these dogs, it doesn't make sense. Just move them away from whatever's <laughs> worrying them. 
Um, and then often those signs can ex- escalate if the, the behaviour can, if you know, the, the thing that worries them continues. And yep. that's when you see the growling and the sap snapping. So they start to, to escalate from away from anxiety. Because dogs, dogs are, you know, they're, they're lip licking and they're yawning and they're, they're, uh, they're fur- brow furrowing. That's their, please leave me alone. Please be gentle with me. Please take it easy. And then after that, they go, well, that hasn't worked. So now I need to start trying to, yeah, I need to crank things up a that's little right, bit. That's right. I'm going to start yeah. shouting at you. Go yeah. away, go away, move me away. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I want to try and distance myself from you and your 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 scalduggery. And that's how fear aggression sort of you know comes along, really. Yeah, it manifests it, itself. Yeah, it manifests. Yeah. It's it. So it starts with the really subtle signs. We don't see them, we miss them, or we just think the dog's being silly. And then suddenly the dog's in an offensive manner where it's offensively being aggressive. Yes. Um, and getting a bite first because it wants wants that thing to move away. Whatever is another yes. dog, another person, whatever we're scared of, even a car. You know, you see the dog running or, or a bike chasing the wheels. Yes. Exactly yep. that sort of scenario. Yeah. 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 Alrighty, mate. Do you want to talk about the prescription stuff? We've got a few minutes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to quickly touch on um, some prescription stuff. You know, re- really, you know, exciting, exciting stuff here. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, a bit yeah. of regulation. Uh, yeah, and, uh, that's right. Article thirty-two, section five of the of the Victorian Veterinary Board Act. And oh, all that sort wonderful. Of stuff. Love, love it. Love it. Um, and the reason why I wanted to bring it up was because because um, lawyer X was named, was it? Yeah, well, gee whiz, yeah, yeah. Oh, crikey, <laughs> you know, that was a, that was an interesting thing. I was eating the cornflakes this morning. I was sitting there going, oh. Right, so I guess now that injunction's done. So now everybody knows who she is. Yeah. But mind you, it sounded like a lot of people knew who she was beforehand anyway. But yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, and yeah she was uh, quite well known to us. Uh, yeah, yeah, around, beforehand. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, she may have had some pets at some stage. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. crikey. Um, so uh, so what I wanted to talk about was, um, so with the, uh, the, the change, well, it wasn't a change, it was more a... a, a, a a, an amendment, a, an amendment, a, a thing. Someone, a bit of a shake up. Everyone going, hey, you guys can't be doing this because it's against the the, the laws for what you've got. So it came from the pharmacy guild, I think. They did. were the ones that jumped up and down about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we being vets, we're in a, a privileged position of where we are able to prescribe prescription medication. Yep. So, um, there aren't many professions that are allowed to do it. So there are regulations there as saying that well, because of our studying and because of our uh, our um. Uh, expertise that we are allowed to prescribe these medications but also we're allowed to dispense the medications as well so uh, all vet clinics have got pharmacies which yep. means that then we can be dispensing this medication at the time of uh, of prescribing it now um it's the the ability of being able to prescribe medication is something that does set us apart from lay people and it is something that is very dear to our hearts because it is something that is really important to mm. us you know that we can do it but it means we need to be doing the right things yep. now now, um, one of the things that you have to be able to do in order to prescribe a medication, and there's different schedules your medica- schedules of medications. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, was that the German, the space again? You know, space the scheduling of the medications. Um, so there's some medications that um, that are. Yeah, uh, pharmacy or ones that you don't need a prescription for. So things like certain medicated shampoos and things like your um, your preventatives, your flea treatments and worm treatments and heartworm preventatives. Those are ones that you don't need a prescription for. There are ones that you need a prescription for. So all of your anti-inflammatories, antibiotics, corticosteroids, heart medications, kidney medications, any of that stuff for for you know hormones for your diseases. Those are all ones that need to be prescribed, and then. 
then there's the ones, the really uh, heavy-duty ones, your S8 medications, your really restricted medications that are your painkillers, your your uh, uh, you know things that can potentially be abused. Yeah, so opiates and, opiates yeah, and, and yeah. benzodiazepines and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to say as vets that your pet, if you so if you bring your pet to me, that you are a bona fide client and that there is a definite re, uh, reason and uh, use for this medication. So what needs to happen is there needs to be a client-patient relationship established. Now, the reason why that came into um, into a lot of light was that there was a thing where if Mrs. Jones is down at Bell, the Bellarine Peninsula and she's forgotten to take her anti-inflammatories with her, she'd ring us for up. For the dog. For the dog, yes, yes yeah. And, and she'd go, oh, I left my anti-inflammatories at home. Um, can you, or she'd go into a vet clinic and say, can I get them from you? And that vet clinic would ring up and say, oh, look, can you guys send us through a script and we'll then do it. Yeah, no problems. We'd send it there and it was all okay. Well, that was actually against the law. Yes, <laughs> it is know? now. Yes. It is now, yes. yes. So what has to happen is you need to have a bona fide client-patient relationship to be able to say that, yes, I can establish a need for this medication at this dose so that I can prescribe it for you. Now, it doesn't. It means that now we can't just have someone send us through a script or ring up and say, hey, look, Mrs. Jones just needs some carprofen. Can yeah. you give it? She's some? on holidays, yep. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. No. So what needs to happen is that... We, you need, and it's up to each individual vet how they try and deal with this little sort of quirk, you know, as to whether or not they have to do a full consult or whether or not they get the history in and they bring the animal in and say, yes, okay, I'm going to scan your microchip. Yes, this is this dog. Mm. I can see from this history that, yes, you've had this medication before. So, therefore, we can re-prescribe it to you. So, it's a little bit of a, a, little bit of a funky one. And like I say, there's no tried and true thing of saying that each vet absolutely has to do it. What is there is you need to be able to establish a bona fide relationship. And part of that is, is that the animal has to be under your effective mm. care. So that's then where the thing comes in for long-term prescription medications mm. is that you need to be seeing those animals regularly for a full general health check, blood tests if indicated in order to be able to say that, yes, there is still a need here. Yes, it is still safe to prescribe this medication for your pet. It's not just us vets being a pain in the bum. It is our legal requirement for the fact that we are able to prescribe these medications. Yeah, yeah we, had a, we had a really difficult one this week. A guy came in. He was getting on a spirit Tasmania, going down to Tassie. Yep. And he rocked up to our clinic. He parked his – his, he was going down there to live, I think, to move yeah, down right. there. Parked his, he had his uh, full car and a caravan, I think, and he managed to find a car park and yep. then walked down to our clinic and, uh, and said, oh, I forgot to bring the dog's insulin. Oh, crap. And the, I was like, well, you – we we can't you know how can we give you insulin yeah yeah um you know because of those new rules you know yes. we, obviously the dogs are here but and we can get the history from the other vet but we probably theoretically need to do a glucose curve to know that it's the right dose of insulin yeah. and examine the dog or do some sort of blood testing or something yeah um and it was a really difficult situation and in the end we got the history from the other vet and it turned out it was an insulin we didn't actually have in stock oh right so yep. it kind of solved itself in that we had to send him on to the to the to the other vets to, to yeah. help out but it was a really sticky situation because that dog needs the insulin yes. there's no doubt about it yeah the law says we can't just give you 
in the insulin. Because the other vet has said that you should. Exactly. So we, we would have needed to bring that dog in, at least done some glucose measurements ourselves yep. so that we had something on file to say, yes, the dog is diabetic. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. So really sort of difficult situation. So it does leave us in some awkward situations that we've got to walk around and keep within the law. And, and Yes. Good point though, mate. Yeah, yep. So there you go. So while it's a little bit dry, it's something that is a, a, it's very important to understand the reason why we need to make the decisions that we do when it comes to the prescription medications. Yeah, and it means it's a little bit more expensive because often you need a consult. Yeah. You can't just get the medication anymore when you forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. Now, mailbag, mate. We've got yes. some mailbag this week. Bursting. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's huge. <laughs> we got, uh, we're running a, bit, a little bit short on time, so I might yep. have time for one quick one. We've got one from Mitch Solo, 96. Mitch says, my pup is about nine months old, Min Pin Mix, and he's oh, a yes? crazy little pup. Recently, he started to not put pressure on his back leg. He does sometimes, but sometimes he's standing, and it's like he's limping. Right. But when he runs with other dogs, he's totally fine. If I yep. touch his legs, he acts normal. I'm not sure if I should go to the vet and get x-rays, or if this is just a weird quirk that some dogs have. Wow. Thank you very much for your help. Robbie is amazing. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch 96. Nothing nothing about... Is that another one from my mum? Nothing about Lewis there. No, no, once again, you know, it's a shame. You've got to get some more ink in that printer of yours, mate, so it actually prints out the end of the letters. (laughs) Thanks, Mrs. Anderson. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realise that mum had a min pin. (laughs) Um, so, uh, it, it was, I guess this harks back a bit to the conversation we were having a few pods ago yes. as far as for the, the common things that little dogs will get as far as for transient lamenesses in their back legs. And certainly a luxating patella would be high right. on the list. So if you've got a little dog... Dislocating kneecap, I mean, yeah. the luxating patella, yep, yep. yep. So, so they're running around, the kneecap pops out of place, um, they settle down, it pops back into place again, and then they seem to run off like there's no other problems yep. because things like... Cruciates usually you damage them and then they're sore. Or hips, they 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 don't magically get better. Yeah, they're not they... intermittently lame, are they? They're, no, they're usually no. all the time or just after exercise on a you know pretty uh, regular basis, I suppose. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they're not ones that sort of you know that they're there. Holy crap! Is my dog broken its leg? And then oh no, hang on, wait, it was a false alarm. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so certainly a, a, a patella issue yep. would be high on my list. But absolutely, you should go and get your go and get your dog seen as much as anything to to. Have a look at the nor- at how your dog's anatomy d- uh, is depending on normal. Because if you're having a look at it and your dog's got some marked bending in the legs, you know your, de- your vet's going to be able to have a feel and go right. Well, what grade patella is it? If it is a if it is a luxating patella, and if not, really come up with a plan of right. Well, what's going on with your little dog here, so that you can come up with a better idea of where you can go in the future. Yeah. So definitely, definitely go and get your vet. You may not get an X-ray done, but certainly go and get those uh, go and get the legs played with for sure. Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Now we are running short of time, so I've got a few more Q and A's that I think we'll put onto Patreon. Let, let's let's read through who we're um who we're answering the questions of, and right. then uh, and then we'll hit them up on Patreon. Good idea, mate. Good stuff. Good stuff. So the, uh, the we've got one from Owen Bailey Kruger. Uh, about changing dog food diets, um, and uh, she obviously runs a place called Furry Friends Pet Stay. So we'll uh, we'll answer your question on Patreon. Um, there was one about humping and mounting behaviours. Yes. Um, was it dominance behaviours? Um, and that's uh, a nice quick one. 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't know if Patreon's got enough bandwidth to put that on. Um, and also, I think I think I'll talk about it's a little bit linked to my very first behaviour house call that I had in a dog that just wouldn't get off my leg. Yeah, that right. Was my very first behaviour consult in a beautiful house in 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 sunny Turak. Nice, yes. And uh, and uh, and the, they're very the, amorous around there in yeah, Turak. They was this yeah. dog was. Were, were there any fleas in Turak? No, never fleas. There's in no Turak. fleas in Turak. No, no flea. flea. Flea spits the new Botox, I think. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, <laughs> and uh, and you got some a few ones there, mate. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, yeah dog eating rocks, you right. know, um, from a uh, RBF traveller, and uh, whether to visit your sick pen in the hospital, nice. which is um, common a, question. Yeah, uh, in the three one three one four, and also attention seeking insecure cat from our good friends uh, Tabby Tux Trio. Excellent. Um, and and uh, I got one more here. We got one from one about entropian ectropian. Yes, uh, it's from. Um, uh, Claudia and uh, actually uh, Claudia one of our special Patreon supporters right from the start Claudia on board actually ended up really big deal we got I got Dr. Simon Hearn on the phone oh wow yeah on Friday night and he went he to answered, the boss he, he answered the, he's a specialist ophthalmologist that we've had on the show before yeah. um, he he answered himself these, these eye problems and what causes them and um, what's what's the difference between the two of them so get, get on to Patreon there you go and, guys and you can have a listen now next week mate I've got uh, looking at talking a little bit about Caesar Milan what's the wow. skinny Whoa, all yeah. right, gee whiz. Yeah. Hot button, it's, mate. It's, been, it's been a while since we've had any hate mail, has it been? Yeah, so we're trying to uh, try, trying to trying to uh, fill the mail back up with some uh, some angst. Well, I hope he's listening. Oh, wouldn't it be great? And if he's listening, go back to episode 45, 46, <laughs> all about dominance, Caesar. Yes, yeah, you might learn a thing or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah hope. Or at least expand your knowledge. I'd love it. Imagine the next show he did, he goes, oh, I've changed my ways. I've oh. listened to Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Changed my entire outlook totally on life. Totally, I'm, I'm, I'm using, a new man. I'm using scientifically based methods of training now. And I tell you what, anyone who's bought my books, just just let me know. I'll give you a refund because I've, I've sold I've sold my Tesla, you know, <laughs> to pay back all the all the books that people want to want to sell back. And we're going to torch them. We're going to burn them all. Fantastic. Yes. That, that's what I reckon Mari Kondo is going to do for a season two. You don't know about Mari Kondo. Mari Kondo, you're talking about Mari Kondo. Yeah, eh? well, we'll talk about that another day. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Worries. Um, what else are you going to talk and about? And then I'll talk a little bit about dental plaque control methods, the different nice. methods. There's a little study that came out about that. Yep. And what do you got for us next um, week? I'm going to talk about breathing up. So if your pet is breathing up a little bit, what it could mean and when you should or shouldn't go and see the vet. Love it, mate. All righty, guys. I think that's about it today. Yep, so well done. hit us up on Patreon. Obviously, you can get access to all those question and answers yep. um, for as little as, what is it, two, two bucks a month? Two bucks a month. 50 cents a week. Exactly. So and you can get access to all that gold. Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to, to Two Vets Talk Pets. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Absolutely. Peace out, everybody. Scratch you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals lives be sure to thank them with a five star review on iTunes every time you do a small cute animal will receive a cuddle <laughs>